Hello and welcome to Cheeky Scientist News. I'm Isaiah Hankel and we're going to jump into a trending topic. We've been talking a lot about ghost job listings. There is an article in Yahoo News talking about this and they polled a thousand hiring managers at Clarity Capital and found that many of them were posting ghost job listings, uh, jobs they knew they were not going to fill. And the reasons for doing this were intriguing. Uh, the, the article itself is a little bit whiny. It comes from more of a, a victim mindset of why would companies do this? And as a job candidate, you can't slip into that mindset. Companies have all kinds of motivations and strategies. Very often, companies were listing these ghost job listings because they just wanted to keep recruiting resumes. They wanted to keep resumes on file. The last few years, there's been a lot of up and downs. There's been a labor shortage. We've seen contractions now. So they're managing risk in a sense, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that you need to take your job search to a higher level. So you have to reach out to people at the company to make sure the job is actually available. Okay, there's a lot of people applying to hundreds of jobs not hearing back because, right, the data shows up to 20% of the jobs posted don't even exist. They're interviewing people when they have no job to give them. You know, one reason this is happening is because hiring managers want to keep their job. Right? So they need to continue their job search duties, even if the company has a hiring freeze. So if this happens to you, don't fret. Just ask direct questions about the job availability and when they're actually looking to fill the job. Now, other reasons that this, this happens is because, uh, according to the article, that there's a lot of employers who want to show growth to their competitors or to their key stakeholders, investors. Uh, there's also a reason listed in the article that I thought was very interesting where companies want to show their current employees competition. You know, there was a, a phrase that was passed around a lot over the last couple of years, the great resignation, employees leaving. As things contract, companies want to have leverage back on their side. There's always this balance of supply and demand. For you, the job candidate, the focus here just needs to be getting inside information on whether or not the job exists and just realize that 20% of your efforts right, will be wasted if you don't go above just submitting a resume. Other interesting things that I want to talk about today have to do with chat GPT. AI is changing the job market dramatically. If you're not in the forefront of this, you will be left behind. And I want to approach it from a different angle. What's been out there right now about, you know, uh, up to now about chat GPT is simply that you should ask chat GPT to write your resume. Right? That's not a great prompt. And if you do that, you're going to get a resume from the 1990s with a big objective statement, not a resume that's going to help you get through the other AI, the AI that the company is using to screen your resume. So I like some of the articles that came out recently. Uh, this one is in, uh, uh, from a media site called MUO, and it's from Abigail Lim. Six reasons why job seekers and workers should learn to use ChatGPT. Uh, ChatGPT can help you in your job search because it's a key skill. If you understand how to give prompts to AI, you become a more valuable job candidate regardless of the position you're trying to get into. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get into hospitality, biotech, pharma tech, right? Understanding how to use AI, putting that on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, will show that you have skills that employers are looking at. These are buzzworthy right now. Natural language processing, uh, you know, AI, machine learning. They're, these skills are also becoming uh, democratized in a sense, where you don't have to have this high-level specialized knowledge. Sure, there's you know, positions out there that require you to have very specialized knowledge, like if you want to be an AI specialist, but for any position out there, if you understand these concepts, right, you're going to be seen as more valuable to employers, and that's what, the, what this article 
hits on more than anything else. Uh, ChatGPT opens new opportunities, right? You want to help a company write content. You want to help them organize their projects. You can use the AI to write that content, to edit that content, to check that content. Now, you're going to have to be the final say, of course. You can't just have AI or ChatGPT write something for you, find something for you. You can use that as a base, as information, as a, bill, a, a way to do research. But you don't want to submit it unless you've gone through it and made it your own, right? You have to be the final editor. You're the editor-in-chief of whatever the AI has done for you. It can help you with consulting. It can help you with really uh, developing new ideas, with work efficiency. It can do things for you. And so this article is, is great for understanding how you can really use it as, as a key skill to get you hired into industry and how you can use it to get hired in industry when it comes to managing tasks, productivity, work efficiency. I want to continue on this conversation um, because there's, there's going to be a lot of changes that continue as AI affects the job market. Uh, companies are racing right now to use AI to find candidates completely. This is another reason why there are more, more ghost job listings. Right? If, if AI continues to rise, and we believe that it will, and the job market continues to replace hiring managers, talent acquisition specialists, recruiters more than ever before, more than you know, yesterday's ATS systems, the applicant tracking system software, you have to be ready for that. And you have to think, okay, well, how can I use this to my advantage as a job candidate and, and right, align the AI efforts on the employer's end and the AI, AI efforts on your end as the job candidate? So this is an article. Uh, seven best chat GPT prompts. Where can you win with AI? It's with the prompts. Better prompts, more specific prompts, isolating one very concise thing you want the AI system to figure out is where you're going to have gains. As I mentioned before, you can't just say, write my resume, write my LinkedIn profile. It's not going to know what to do. It's going to do something extremely basic, especially if you have a, a higher education degree or some advanced skills that you want to show off. It's not going to know how to, how to highlight those skills. What I like here are the prompts that, that are given in the article. Um, some of the prompts that I, that I think are worth knowing, there's one here that says, ask ChatGPT to, quote, please personalize my resume for this job at this company. Right? Notice the specificity. Or here is the job description, and you paste the entire job description into ChatGPT. Here is my resume. Right? So that's the entire prompt together, again. Please personalize my resume for this job at this company. You're going to name the, the job title, name the company. Here's the job description, full job description, and then your full resume. Again, this, whatever answer it gives you is just a starting point. Right? Sometimes we pause in our job search, we delay, we take days to go after a particular job or days to recover from a rejection because of that barrier to entry. AI can help you overcome that barrier to entry quickly by giving you ideas. Right? taking away the burden of the initial research. Uh, that's why I really like this article. Another one, uh, you can share your resume with ChatGPT and ask which keywords and skills are present in your resume and if those keywords and skills match the keywords and skills in the job posting. Right? This can help you tailor your resume. Again, should, it should only be used as a starting point. You need to be the final editor-in-chief of your resume. If you found a resume template you like, mention that template. We have a functional resume template that we prefer for getting through today's AI systems. You could say, use Cheeky Scientist's functional resume template to rewrite my resume. And then you provide your entire resume. Use your experience to create a professional summary, right? Notice the focus here, taking one small part of your resume. Write a bullet point that showcases this skill. 
you got to get good at giving very concise prompts to AI. That's going to help you save a lot of time in your job search. There's some new things out that I want to talk about, namely with skills. This surprises a lot of us. A lot of us think we're only going to get hired if we have these niche skills, these high barrier to entry skills. And that can be helpful, but there's a big push towards soft skills. Um, and some of the articles that I want to share will really highlight this. Even from today's most advanced technical companies, they're looking for soft skills. Employers are looking for soft skills. There's, there's an article out by MoneyWise that says LinkedIn says the next holy grail of the labor market will be proven skills rather than degrees. Doesn't mean your degree is not important, but they're going to be looking for skills. So if you look at the skills feature that you can get endorsed, your skills you can get endorsed on LinkedIn, you probably noticed over the last couple of years that they're asking for a lot of additional information when somebody endorses you or they're asking you for a lot of additional information when you, before you endorse somebody else, right? How do you know this person? How do you know they have these skills, right? You've got to provide some more proof. And they're going to continue this push, especially for soft skills, leadership skills, communication skills, project management skills. And that's what this article talks about. Skills-based hiring is the great white whale, the holy grail of the labor market. Okay, it's triggered shift in hiring, uh, shifts in hiring priorities. The latest data indicate that there are 9.9 million job openings across the country, but only 5.0 million unemployed workers, right? So there's still a demand in the labor market, even if it's more difficult to find open jobs in your particular sector. Um, so there's some interesting data here. According to a LinkedIn report, over 45% of hirers searched for candidates using skills data. That's a 12% increase from last year. Right, so employers are using on LinkedIn Recruiter, LinkedIn Talent Insights, one of the top search fields is just skills. They're going to continue to lead into skills. Skills is the ultimate differentiator. As AI increases, there's more competition between tech companies. Uh, as employers continue to develop their own AI to find candidates, the differentiator is skills, but it's not just your niche skills. It's really your combination of niche skills with those transferable skills, the soft skills. Uh, and, and a great example of this is an article from Fortune uh, talking about how IBM, IBM targets right, teaching soft skills. IBM has a, a new skills trainer called Skills Build Courses, and it seems like IBM paid Fortune for this article. But it does talk about how the majority of people and companies, right, companies will get contracts with IBM and put their employees in these skills training programs. And what they found is that companies want their employees to develop soft skills. That's where the biggest gaps are. They call it the base layer of mindsets and dispositions. So communication skills, again, project management skills, self-motivation, the ability to collaborate cross-functionally, cross-departmentally. This is what employers are looking for today. Right? If, if soft skills don't matter, they're going to replace that position with AI. Right? They're going to replace that position with a system, a process, a computer program, something like ChatGPT. The only thing that's going to matter in five years is your ability right, to have these sort of soft skills where you can work with other human beings. What's at the top of the list of soft skills? Doesn't matter what the industry is. It's going to be relationship building. It's going to be communication. It's going to be deal making. That's it. Relationship building, communication, deal making, and those are all combined. I want to shift gears, talk about Resumes, formatting tips. All of these tips in this article are things that we've been advocating for years. They're going to stay constant for resumes, I believe, for a long time to come. Um, don't be afraid of white space, negative space. 
you have to have lots of it on your resume. Uh, this is published in Forbes. Using headings and subheadings, but not lines. Most of the ATS systems out there, the AI, can't read lines or you know, designs, colors on your resume. Leave those off. You're going to get weeded out because of that. Even just using some file format types, like PDFs, right? If you've ever tried to copy and paste the text from a PDF, it's harder to do than a Word document. That can get you weeded out. So use headings and subheadings, right, to make impact, right? The bold feature, not lines, not colors, not designs, when you're uploading it online. You can save that stuff for when you give it to an employer directly. Use bullet points. That's, uh, yeah, we know <laughs> uh, advice. Keep your content concise, never going away, and stick to two pages. I mean, those, those, are, you know, those are really five foundational things that you should come back to over and over again for your resume. Right? Same thing that they've been posting for the last 10 years, last 20, 30 years, they're posting today when it comes to resumes. People, they still want a hard copy. They still want a hard copy, something to pass around, right? Because we're biological beings. Uh, I re still remember when you know, Amazon was really taking off. It used to only sell books. And everybody thought that the digital book was going to replace physical books. It never did. Half of book sales are still physical to this day. Why is that? People want a hard copy of something. So the resume is going to be around for a long time. And these resume, these resume tips, Concise, lots of negative space, lots of white space, bullet points, two pages or less. You need to follow them. Last thing I want to talk about today is a Harvard Business Review article. really like this article. It's about work-life balance being a cycle, not a, an achievement. No matter what you're doing, no matter what career you get into, you're going to get into it. You're going to have an onboarding process. It's going to take you a few months to get up to speed, at least. right? And then you're going to get very good at doing something. And because you're very good at that, you're going to be leveraged more and more to do more and more of that because you're good. And eventually that will lead to some off-balance behavior. And this article talks about it being external, right? Demands being put on you and also internal demands you're putting on yourself. That's okay. You know, the majority of people that I've talked to over the last 11 years now that want to get hired into a different career, the major reason that comes up again and again, no matter what career they're coming from, what career they want to get into, is they want better work-life balance. Most of them think that it's only external, right? It's all this pressure that's being put on them, but a lot of it's internal. They don't have good boundaries, right? They're not even organized in terms of their schedule, their calendar. So of course they have bad work-life balance. They're not disciplined. They procrastinate. They create undue stress on themselves. And this article talks about that. It talks about the external stuff too. You'll get more pressure put on you, especially as you climb the ladder in your given profession. So it's going to be cyclical. Don't be surprised. Don't beat yourself up, right? Accept that you're going to have these tough times where work-life balance is off for you. And then when that happens, as the article talks about, you got to take a step back, right? Pause and denormalize, right? Say, okay, this isn't normal anymore. What do I want to change? You got to get strategic, reprioritize your life. And it, that's one of the points here, uh, verbatim, reprioritize. Consider your alternatives. What else are out there? It's not always leaving the position. Have you even communicated what's challenging for you? Most, most people don't even write down why they feel the way they feel. What are the things that cause you to feel like you're off in terms of work-life balance? Right? Perhaps it's just two or three things. And if you bring up those two or three things after you clarify them to yourself, to your employer, you might be able to change them and then everything is fine. Most people, they just shut down. 
they're quiet, they think they have no option, and then they try to go find another career. That might be the solution, but it's not always the solution. Okay, so don't see work-life balance as something that's ever going to be achieved permanently. It's not. This takes us to the end of today's new show. As always, remember your value and start moving towards that career that you want to in industry. We'll be back for another episode of Cheeky Scientist News soon.